it was like that kind of classic experience you can hear described sometimes when people come out to their friends and their friends are like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Discovering that there's actually a word, because I'd always prior to that said that I didn't feel male or female, and now there's a word for it, and it's non-binary, and that's been amazing. It's so important to create the spaces where people feel safe being themselves and and light the fire under my ass a little bit to to kind of make those spaces happen or do whatever I can to contribute to that or that representation. What queer identity has done is it's just opened up life for so many relationships, not needing to have these prescribed societal forms. Things have this ability to be malleable. Deserts are for folks who want to know something deeper. I mean, the desert is gay as hell. This is Lift Up, a show that elevates LGBTQ plus voices in the high desert. We're happy you're here. I am proud of the person I am becoming. And I never thought I'd feel that way about myself. I feel more emotionally like compassionate and giving and loving to others, but I think the biggest one is to towards myself. This episode, we have a conversation with John Walden. Hi, my name is John, and I live in Moab, Utah. That's not, <laughs> let me redo that. <laughs> Hi, my name is John, and I live in Moab, Utah. Um, I am 30 now. I wish I was a little more flirty and thriving at this point, but maybe a little later down the 30s line, I'll be more flirty and thriving. Um, I'm passionate about art and creativity. I love to tell stories, build worlds, and create characters. I mostly just grew up in Moab most of my life. And then um, for college around 2011, I moved to... Uh, Orem, Utah for about eight years for for school. Um, and I recently moved back in around 2020. And I've been here since. Home for me, I honestly am not sure at this current moment and phase of my life where home is for me right now. Um, I grew up here. I love Moab. It's a wonderful little town, but it's never felt like home to me, Um, especially as I get older. Uh, It's just, I love my family, but I just don't feel fully at home or comfortable with my family because I still can't quite express and be myself around them. Um, I still love them deeply, but it can be hard to call a place home where you can't feel at home with the people you want to feel at home with. I think right now I'm just kind of like still trying to figure out where I want to go, what direction I want to move towards. And that's the main reason, because like, where, how am I supposed to move anywhere, go anywhere if I'm not sure where I'm going or where I'm going to move to yet. So right now I'm still trying to figure out those things more and also learning to figure out myself more as a person. And I think the more time I spend on figuring those things out, it'll become more clear of where I meant or where I want to move forward to next. It's just 
Right now, I'm just at a phase in my life. I just don't know. And I'm starting to understand that that's okay. It's okay to not know what's going on in your life at the moment. And it'll come when it comes. Some ideal characteristics. I, I do want something, I do want to live in a community that's more open, where I have a better dating life, because <laughs> uh, uh, being gay, a gay man in Moab, the dating life is very, um, meh. <laughs> it's, I don't know if it's even there, maybe just because I don't get out enough. Um, but it's, it's very slim pickings. I don't know if that's a nice way to put it, but it's, it's hard to date here. It's hard to date here. Um, and I, it's not just hard for, um, LGBT people to date here too. It's also hard for people who are straight and cis, um, because Moab is just, Everyone's in and out, and it's because uh, it's a tourist town, and it makes sense. Um, but there's not a lot of consistency here, I think, for a lot of people who are looking to develop something more serious. I I want something with a thriving art community, something creative, um, but also for the most part, when it comes to location and places to stay, something where I can do. What I enjoy doing, which is artwork and creativity, um, and thrive in that. So it's not so much the area or location; it's what I can do and the freedom I have to do that is more important to me than the spot where I actually live. I remember. My first time in kindergarten, wanting to take a hula hoop Barbie and show it off because I was so excited about getting a hula hoop Barbie. And my mom was like, and I was like, what, five or six at this point? And my mom was like, are you sure you want to do that? And I was kind of like, yeah, no one cares about that kind of stuff. And then I soon find out they do care about that stuff. I think that's when it kind of starts with the bullying because I was very emotional as a kid and I was always open and very vulnerable about that. But then men weren't supposed to be like that. And because I wasn't exactly like that, I got bullied a lot. I was too quote unquote girly or like you play with Barbies and like, yeah, the bullying got really bad to the point where sometimes kids would like take my toys, my dolls, and like throw them around me and try to like keep away and make mud balls and put rocks in them and throw them at me. It was like, I know, like it was rough. It was rough, but I had some good friends. I was put in a lot of the special education classes um, throughout all of 
all of school, except for college. Oh, like there were good things about it. Don't get me wrong. But it was also really hard because everyone knew, oh, you're going to that special class, you know? And I remember growing up always being like looking over my shoulder and checking and seeing if anyone would see me walk into that classroom. And I think a lot of the shame came from myself because I felt already different from everyone. And now I felt even more different. So I tried to hide the fact for a bit that I was in special education But then some kids would notice and I would get bullied for that. Yeah, going through special ed, it was very, it was very difficult. And it was, it was a lot. But I am, and another way, I'm grateful for it because I, there's certain things I just couldn't pick up like other kids. And there was nothing wrong with that. Even though at the time I thought there was, but now I realize there wasn't. I just understood things at a different pace than most people. And then there were things I understood at a much quicker and faster pace than most people. Um, Still to this day, though, math, don't ask me any kind of math question. I will not get it or I'll change the subject. Like, math is like my kryptonite. Going through what I went through has helped evolve me into the person I am right now. I was called everything in the book, fag, queer, um, and not in the way queer means now, which is more uplifting. It it was very demeaning when I went to high school, the way it was tossed at me. It was a lot. And I didn't recognize how a lot it was at that time because I would just kind of shut down and kind of not acknowledge it or I would lie to myself I remember I didn't even know what the word gay, fag, or queer meant until middle school. Like, I had no clue. I was that sheltered. But yeah, it was like I first discovered what it meant from a kid uh, calling me a faggot. And I was like, what does that even mean? Um, It hurt, but I don't know what it meant. And then I asked my uh, family... And their way of interpreting that word was it was used to describe someone that was borderline awful, disgusting, um, sinful. And so that is when I first discovered what being gay was, like actually understanding what it was. Because as a kid, I always kind of knew. Like, ever since I was, like, five or six, I always knew. But that's when I first actually discovered what it was. And it was, in a way, with a very negative interpretation from a very narrow-minded lens of what it is, of what it, what people think it is. And it's none of those things now that I've grown <laughs> and I've learned. It's not that those things at all. But for the longest time growing up, I associated negative things with being gay and being LGBT. Like, it was 
it was rough because especially going through middle school, thinking that it is all those things because that's what my parents told me. It was like I came to those same belief systems myself growing up because I didn't know what else to do. I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. And the friends I did had um, were sometimes mean to me as well. Um, I would poke fun back. (laughs) I have to. But it was very... It was a lot to unlearn growing up, especially when I started noticing those attractions, those feelings, especially middle school, happening more and more and more, and always tearing myself down because of them and not understanding those things. And I, yeah, it was, it was rough. And then high school, it was basically that all through middle school and high school, because now it wasn't so much like, oh, I'm this way, but I have no idea what it is. It was, oh, I'm this way, but it's all these other things that are terrible and awful and I associate myself with. Growing up, I know I had one, and whew, I miss her, but Margaret Hopkins. Um, and I didn't even know she was um growing up in grade school middle school um but she would always like when she would go to japan and stuff she'd always come back something because she knew how much i loved the japanese culture and so when she would ever she go to japan she'd always bring me something back and then i think in high school is when i recognized that she was um she was gay and but the thing is, the weirdest thing is, is like, I didn't care, which was funny because I was very still practicing what I was told was right and wrong growing up. But with her, I just didn't care because she was just so kind to me. And I think she would sometimes go out of her way to see me or give me certain things is because I think she could tell. <laughs> I think she knew um that I was gay and that I was struggling and I think she was could empathize with what I was going through and what I was experiencing but it was mostly the kindness and compassion that came from her that really that really helped a lot more than I realize um that I realized actually um she was like the only role model I had growing up several years after i came out i ran into her at one of the festivals at the park and i kind of told her and she was kind of like yeah she's like i i know <laughs> i mean <clears throat> wasn't that secret like i look at some of my old childhood photos and i'm like why was anyone surprised like i would dress like a mermaid <laughs> all the time i remember like Every big family get-together, every Christmas, when, especially when I was like five, six, or seven, I would literally take a blanket, wrap it around my legs, fan the bottom out like a tail, roll my shirt up into a bra, and put a t-shirt on my head for long hair. And then I would ascend the staircase singing The Little Mermaid. <laughs> they... I... As a kid, I didn't understand their reactions or their face expressions, but now I totally get it. Um, I got a lot of weird 
reactions from my family. Now I think about it. <laughs> I don't think they, they thought really highly of it, but as a kid, I didn't care. I was like, ah, eh, I'm great. I'm a mermaid. This is what it is. <laughs> my mom and my dad never once judged me for that. They let me play with whatever I wanted as a kid. Um, other family members would judge and make comments and say certain things. But my mom and my dad just never cared. And they let me play and pretend however I wanted to. And so in that part, I'm very thankful and grateful for my parents for letting me express myself as a kid the way I wanted to express myself. Because I know a lot of conservative parents and families wouldn't do that with their kids. There was one girl I do remember, and she was open, loud, and proud. And I think, I think in a way, she was another role model of mine because I saw how proud she was. Like, I was never close with her, or I only talked to her maybe like two, three times. But even though at that time I held the belief it's wrong, it's awful because that's how I was raised and that's how I was conditioned, I still, when I saw her or Miss um, Hopkins, I looked up to them because of how proud they were and how much like especially this one girl was unapologetically herself and she wore rainbows all the time and she'd make it a big thing and she did not care which was which was wonderful and which was great i don't know where she is now but wherever she is send her out thank you because it was it's nice it was nice to see someone who was who was proud of themselves and who did not care um, because there wasn't a lot of that uh, growing up. I first came out to a church college, not youth group, it's like a college Bible study group. It's the group I first came out to. It was, I didn't expect it. Like, yeah, it got, it was like so shocking. Um, But I think everyone at that time was very, like, in their feelings. And they were sharing their stories of their life. And then it came to, like, my turn to share if I wanted to share. And I broke down crying and came out. And the reaction I got from that group was um, surprisingly really good. They were loving and they were kind. They hugged me and they never treated me any differently. Of course, there's always the people or the members who believe what they believe, but they never were mean to me or treated me differently because of that Um, but still when someone holds those kinds of beliefs it's still kind of not kind of it's hard to fully trust that person because you know they still think you're a sinner to some degree but i spent a lot of time with this group in college and i kind of kind of slowly drifted apart because i'm no longer religious at all (laughs) About 
a year after I came out to the youth group. And that's around the time I came out to my parents. And that was really hard for a while. <clears throat> but soon after that, when I noticed that that group was very accepting and loving, it made me more comfortable. And, and it was from a group that I was afraid would judge me because of their religious beliefs. Um, it was just kind of, it was interesting that one of the groups that I was worried about the most ended up becoming the most accepting and loving towards me. And I think that's when I started to become more comfortable because I'm like, oh, even quote unquote Christians could be loving and accepting towards me. And then that just made me be more comfortable about being myself because I was like, and I quit caring for a while. And so I, I didn't hide it. Um, I would kind of flaunt it a little bit. <laughs> I was more open and comfortable about being myself, which was such a great relief. And it felt like a weight just fell off of my shoulders. And it was just so freeing and wonderful. But I still had emotional trauma and stuff I had to work through and figure out. And a part of that was because I still struggled around gay men or just men. Let me rephrase that. Men in general, I had a hard time with just because I was bullied by men so badly um, throughout high school and middle school. And so... I, there was a lot of uh, letting go I had to do there. And and it's still something I'm still trying to figure out to this day. Um, and I'm still learning about. It's something personal I just need to sort through and figure out. Just because it's like my idea of healthy relationships and stuff. I never got that kind of role model growing up. Um, I've had my role models were just that one girl in high school and Margaret Hopkins. Um but it wasn't a gay male role model. And so I never, and I think that's another part that's been difficult. I think for maybe most people who are LGBT is not having a lot of role models to look up to or seeing healthy relationships um, because we've been denied that so much growing up that it's, it's hard to find that because it's just been either very private, private for obvious reasons because of shame, abuse, all, all the things. And so hopefully, hopefully we're moving in a more accepting space that we will have more of that and we will have more healthy role models of what relationships, healthy relationships are like. My family avoided it. Huh. Mm-hmm. Never discussed it. It was one of those subjects that we just never talked about, even when I was out or when I came out to them. After a couple months of like arguing and fighting about it, it just was never discussed for years. And then I had to kind of re-come out again, which was weird. And still to this day, it feels like it's still kind of like it's going back to just something we just don't talk about. <clears throat> until recently I've been more comfortable being more vocal about it and being like, no, um, 
this is who I am. This is where I am. And I'm not no longer gonna tiptoe around it or anything like that. Like there was an incident at my friend's wedding where a friend of my mom's was like, well, maybe one day uh, you'll get married. I'm like, maybe I hope to. And, but I'm like, but I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. And she's like, well, one day you'll meet the right girl. And then I, I, I look straight at her and I'm like, I, I'm not interested in women like that. And it was just this awkward silence. And I was afraid to say that a little bit, but I'm glad I did it. But it was just like awkward silence and no one said anything after that. But I was kind of happy I said it because for me, that was a little scary to say that. So when it comes to family members or friends of those family members, I still get a little nervous and scared to be fully open. Um, But when it comes to like everyone else, I don't care. But when it still comes to family and people close around family, I still struggle at being authentic and that's something i'm trying to be better about is being more authentic even um even if it's scary things to start working out um so if my future self hopefully my future self is like it all worked out honey you're all good you're all good you're at where you want to be and what you're going through now is just some more things you just need to learn and experience to better become the person you need to be for the future you want i'm proud of how much I feel like I feel I've grown in such a short amount of time. Honestly, I feel like my emotional maturity level, well, mostly towards myself. I had a sense of emotional maturity, but when it came to myself, I treated myself in a very immature way emotionally. I wasn't as kind to myself. I wasn't as forgiving myself. I wasn't confident in myself. And I took simple rejections as an issue being with me. And that's changed. I've learned how to better stand up for myself, how to communicate my feelings and my needs when it comes to any kind of relationship. The phrase queer joy for me, I think, means being content with who you are and loving yourself unconditionally. And when I say content, I mean being accepting for the hard times and all the different phases of life that come and living through it in an authentic way. Um, Whether those times be good, bad, it's being at peace with it um, and being at peace with yourself and who you are. And practicing that kind of love towards yourself but to other people as well um sometimes it's hard to have love and empathy for the people who are cruel or mean but i feel like that's what 
will provide the most beneficial change is showing that kindness and compassion to those people, even though they're not going to show it towards you. I am proud of the person I am becoming. And I never thought I'd feel that way about myself as a person. Because I always grew up beating myself up and hating myself and being always in this victim mentality, always feeling worthless, always feeling these things. And I'm proud of where I've evolved from that and that I've learned to be better at expressing how I feel, but also being compassionate with myself as a person and being loving towards myself as a person. And because of that, I've learned how to be more authentic and loving and forgiving and compassionate towards other people, even those who have hurt me. And that has changed my approach with how I interact with not only myself, but other people. And I'm proud of where I want to go because I know where I want to go in life now. And it's become much more clear. And it's also taught me to be more grateful for where I'm at as a person and for even the hard experiences. Because I never thought I'd be thankful for all the terrible things that happen. But I am now at a place where I am grateful for those things because they've made me become, I feel more emotionally like compassionate and giving and loving to others. But I think the biggest one is to towards myself because that's been the hardest journey for me is being more loving, accepting towards myself as a person. been listening to Lift Up, a show that elevates community voices in the high desert. Thank you, John, for spending time with us and sharing your thoughts on identity and home. This episode was produced by Ginger Cyan with support from KZMU. Lift Up is a storytelling project of KZMU featuring conversations with locals whose identities and experiences have not traditionally been prioritized on the airwaves. Lift Up intends to deepen understanding and empathy within our community and reinforce a sense of safety and belonging for all. Lift Up is made possible with the support of Moab Pride and Moab City. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.